Hello, welcome or welcome back to the Faith Talks podcast. I am your host, Deborah. For those of you who don't know that about me, I am a faith-based content creator. I make content, videos, podcast episodes all about my journey with God to encourage you on your journey with Him, with the creator of the universe. Um, It's very important in my opinion, to remind you of God's love for you, because that's what changed things so much for me to finally start walking in the love that Jesus has for me. And I just want to, I just want to rub that off on you as well. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Faith Talks podcast. It's such a blessing to have you here. I hope and pray that you've been having a good weekend and that you'll have a good week coming up as well. That if things are difficult, that you will know that you're not standing alone. God is with you. Your heavenly father is always with you. The word says that even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are right beside me. It doesn't say if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says when. In other words, that time will come. It doesn't say we're going to walk around it and Lord, you're going to lead me um, over the valley or beside the valley. No, it says when, when we walk through it. So that's a reminder, whatever you might be facing right now in your life, you might be in that valley at the moment, but please know that you're not alone, that the creator of the universe is right beside you. Okay. So yeah, welcome to the Fave Talks podcast. It's so good to have you here. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about God's heart for you, his heart as your heavenly father, as your creator for you, what it is that he wants for you. And I think that this is so important because the more we know God's heart for us, the more we start to know ourselves. So today I want to mention some things. I want to mention five things about God's heart for you that in my experience will completely transform your life and that will help you to know Jesus more and more. So number one, what God's heart is for you is that he wants you to be free. Your heavenly father, your dad wants you to be free. He wants you to live a free life, free of sin, free of guilt, free of condemnation, free of anxiety, of stress, of worries, all of these things that weigh us down in this world. Jesus wants you to live a life free of those things. The agenda of the world, everything that the world pushes as freeing is actually completely the opposite. It is actually a disaster, a recipe, disaster recipe for enslavement, enslavement to sin. I always use this example because this is so prominent in our generation, but sleeping around, for example, the world advocates your body is yours, sleep with who you'd like, and you're free because you have control over your body. I've seen the effects of that, of where when you fall into that trap, you become addicted you become enslaved to it you're gonna need to sleep with someone again and again and if nobody replies there's that desperateness of like uh i need to find someone anyone i've seen it like a lot of people in our generation go through this and it's not just with sleeping around it's with alcohol it's with drugs it's with all of these things that the world pushes as freeing as you having control of your life and your situations that actually lead you to this cycle, this vicious cycle of being enslaved. And it makes sense because the agenda of the world is the agenda of the enemy. And what does the word of God say about the agenda of the enemy? In John 10 verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief Our enemy, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his motive. So this agenda of the world to be freeing, blah, 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 which is the 
the enemy's agenda. What's the motive behind that? To steal, kill, and destroy. It is not to make you free. That is false. Whereas Jesus, what does it continue on saying in that verse? It says that Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Jesus came into this world. He took on our punishment. He came, he died on the cross. That was his whole mission. That was his whole mission into coming here to take on our punishment so that we can now live free, live free of the shackles of sin, of condemnation of punishment that punishment we deserve we are free of that so when you accept jesus into your life when you accept what he's done on the cross for you when you say yes lord you did that for me i accept that you did it for me i accept that gift then you are covered you are covered by the grace of god you are set free and these days there are many people who are living a life weighed down by the rules of religion and that doesn't really seem like a free life i think that's why a lot of people are apprehensive to step into a life that follows jesus because they're scared of the weight of religion but that is not what Jesus is calling us to that's what Jesus warned us about through the Pharisees this life of the law living under the law the Lord came to fulfill the law Jesus's heart for you is to live a free life to not be bound by the burdens of these things whether that's religion worry shame condemnation guilt whatever it is he came to diminish that he doesn't want that for you he wants you to live a free life in Matthew 11 verse 12 28 to 30, it reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In our life as Christians, Jesus wants to lay a yoke upon us. And a yoke, if you've seen images of yokes of like cows having these things across their necks, it doesn't seem very inviting. So there is a yoke to the Christian life. Okay, so why would I take that upon me? But you need to understand the type of yoke that Jesus wants to lay upon you because it's not a heavy one. Like he said, it's a light one. What does that look like? When you're drowning out in the waters and somebody throws a life preserver at you, it's like a life preserver. You are putting something else on your body in the water as you're already drowning. But you know that the yoke of a life preserver is one to keep you afloat. It is one to make you lighter. That is what the yoke of Jesus upon you is. He wants to lay his yoke upon you, his perfect love. He wants to strip things off of you, this lifestyle, these things that you think that are so freeing. There are sacrifices that come to this life, but those are the sacrifices that are going to make you free. They were never set in place to burden you, to weigh you down. Mm -mm. They were set there to, to set you free. So number one, God's heart for you, the Father's heart for you is that you are free, that you live a free life. That's what he wants for you. Number two, what the Lord wants for you is he wants you to be blessed. He wants to bless you abundantly. When we read through the Bible, we can see that people who have gone before us were blessed. Solomon was very blessed. Abraham was a blessed man. He was a wealthy man. He had much livestock. Esther was a queen. Joseph became a ruler over all of Egypt. All of these people that surrendered their lives over to the Lord, our God, were blessed people. Job, of course, Job had this whole phase of testing and trialing, but at the end of that, God restored everything he lost times too. God's heart for you is to be blessed, is to be prosperous. He wants your business to prosper. I attended a Bible study last night and they mentioned Deuteronomy 28, where it speaks about the blessings of obedience. And in those verses, it mentions things like when you obey the Lord, your God, your livestock will be blessed. Your land will be blessed. And in the Bible study, they mentioned the Bible was written in the time of an agricultural society. So a lot of people, their jobs, their employment was 
involved in things that had to do with the land, with uh, baking bread, all of those things. But these days, in this technical society that we live in, our jobs are a little bit different. But that does not mean that these verses don't apply to us. Fill in what it is that your business is, what your field of work is. May the Lord bless, instead of your land, your business. May the Lord bless your family. May he bless the um, environment that you work in. Then where it mentions, may he bless your flock in overflow. We don't have flocks of sheep, but what do we have? We have our finances. We have the kids that we're teaching, whatever it is. Fill in your job there. And that's how the Lord wants to bless you. He wants to bless you as his kids. In Psalm 37 verse 4, it mentions that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And very often we stop it there of like, okay, God is a genie. I can ask for anything. But what does it say? It says, when you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So in a way, there is a condition to receiving the blessings of the Lord, blessings of obedience. There's obedience required. There's a delighting in the Lord. All you need to do is receive Jesus in your life and stand under the shower of his perfect love, under his righteous hand, abide in him, abide in Jesus. What does that mean? Abide in Jesus. Jesus is the word. So abide in the word, open the word of God. As you read through this, you are abiding in Jesus. Jesus is the word. Abide in the word and you will start to fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. He's your best friend. He's always on standby. He's always on call. His heart for you is for you to be blessed. He wants to bless you and bless your business. Not for you, but he wants to bless you to bless others, to bless his kingdom. May we be blessed abundantly like all of these people who have gone before us in the Bible to pass that blessing on to God's kingdom. We are not blessed to crop up the blessings and keep it for ourselves and be selfish because that is that is sinful motives those are sinful motives right there we are blessed to pass it on to others again that is why we can experience the abundant blessings of the lord and i pray that over you right now in the mighty name of jesus number three god's heart for you is that he wants you to walk in the fullness of his love throughout my faith talks episodes i sometimes randomly or it's not really random but i very often throw in there like God loves you so much. Jesus loves you so much because I really want this to get through to your heart because for the longest time I heard it and I knew it like, oh, Jesus loves me. I know, I know. But it's like, no, do you know to the to your core that Jesus loves you? Because when you start to walk in the fullness of God's love for you, what can be against you? What can stop you when you know that the creator of the universe loves you so intensely? Your favorite love song, the best love song in the world, doesn't even come close to how loved you are by your father in heaven. He loves you so intensely that he gave his one and only son to die on the cross for you. He loves you so much that he gave his everything for you so that you could be free, so that you could experience a relationship with him. He loves you. He loves us too much to have watched us perish, to have watched us be in that state of eternal sin that is not what he has for you that is not what he wants for you and it's from his like god is love it is from his love that all his blessings flow and everything else makes sense when you start to walk in that fullness of god's love for you no matter what you've done his love covers a multitude of sins his love covers all no matter how unrighteous or undeserving you think you are that's just the point none of us deserve to be loved by a creator that grand and that holy none of us do 
but that's just his heart. He just loves us like that. It's so hard to fathom. Our human brains will never fully be able to comprehend how loved we are, how loved you are by your dad. That love is the love that all of us look for in worldly things. All of us have something that we run to or that we're we used to run to to get that fulfillment of love, but it can't be found in this world. It cannot. You will constantly run on empty until you step underneath that waterfall of Jesus's love for you. You will constantly start to look for it elsewhere you are so beyond loved by your dad in heaven by your heavenly father jesus is eagerly waiting with his arms wide open like in the story of the prodigal son how the father was waiting to receive you to shower that love on you you don't need to do anything for that his grace it's a gift it's a gift if we work for a gift it's not a gift um and this is jesus's heart this is just who he is it's like a doctor who's trained to treat patients wouldn't he eagerly be waiting for patients to come to him to to do what he's been um, training to do? This is what he's trained his life for. He's ready. Like it gives him joy to put to work what his heart is overflowing of, taking care of people. And in that same way, like a doctor waiting for patients, Jesus is waiting for us. We are his children. We are his patients in a way. And his heart overflows with joy when we accept that. When we run into the arms of the father, when we turn from our worldly ways like the prodigal son and walk back home, maybe we will have our head bowed in shame and condemnation. But again, that's not what he has for us. He's already smiling. He's looking out for you. Right now, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to shower his love on you because that's who he is. That's how much he loves you. So God's heart for you is for you to start walking in the fullness of his love because what a complete and full life you will live from then on it it gives a different perspective on everything your lens on life changes when you look at it through the love of your dad of your heavenly father number four god's heart for you is that he wants you to experience his best for you I came across a quote at the beginning of this week that said, God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control. The best outcome in life you can get in your business, in climbing the corporate ladder, in your own strength, the furthest you can make it there doesn't even come close to how far God will take you when you surrender and when you let go of those desires that you're holding on so tightly and place it in his hands. He wants you to experience his best for you. And how do we experience that? By letting go of our best for ourselves, the best that we can do in our own strength. We need to let that go. We need to lay it down at the feet of Jesus. I know how hard it is because I've been there when it comes to my music career I mentioned that before I always had this dream and this desire in my heart to become a music artist and I'm not saying that I'll never do anything with music again because I love to be creative I love to write and to all my creatives out there our God is creative we got that from our dad we are our father's children so of course we like to be creative as well but when that desire becomes greater than our desire for our dad for a relationship with with Jesus then there's a problem there and we need to learn to lay that down doesn't just go for creatives that goes for all of us we all have something in our hearts that we hold on to so tightly marriage a family um to start a business to go traveling the world these are all beautiful things but when we suffocate them like anything in this world the enemy likes to try to get us to idolize these things and that's where we fall a long way down so we need to learn to surrender to be able to experience god's best for us and letting go of control what does that look like it doesn't look like us not doing anything at all it just means that 
our pursuit for God. It's this verse behind me. Seek first the kingdom of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus first and everything else will come into place. On this channel, we've hit 90K, which is beyond. It's insane. That's all the Lord's work. And of course, there comes a lot of work with it. Stay consistent to edit. There's a lot of time that goes into editing and preparing these Faith Talks episodes. There's equipment required. It is not... Like I'm sitting around and I'm doing nothing. Like this came falling from the sky. I've put in my part, but never at one point have I felt like it was hard. God has given me the grace to be consistent. Mm, am I a consistent person? Am I someone that's on it all the time? No, not at all. So when people ask me, how are you consistent when it comes to posting? I know this seems like such a vague answer, but it truly is the grace of God. Without the Lord having his hand upon this, I wouldn't be here consistent and motivated to keep on going because... Mm, I'm like, I'm like looking at my time at university. Mm, I was not like that. Okay. So it's truly the grace of God. I never at one point felt like it was hard. I've put in the work. I've done my part, but it was never hard. It's like cycling with the wind in your back. I'm from the Netherlands. So we cycled a lot in my childhood. I cycled everywhere. And there's a big difference between cycling with the wind coming against you. Oh, that's tough. Or the wind in your back. Even when you have to go up a hill, when you have the wind in your back, it's almost easy. You still have to pedal, but there's a certain ease that comes to it. And that right there is God's heart for you. That's what he wants you to experience throughout your life, throughout your business, your career, your family, your marriage. He wants you to experience what it's like to have his favor and his grace in your back. It is all the grace of God. So in order to experience that, you have to let go of control. The best you can do in your control doesn't come close to what God can do with your surrender. Number five, something that I'm learning this year is that God's heart for you is adventure. He wants adventure for you. He wants an adventurous life for you. I was thinking about this thought that we have as Christians or people who are lukewarm, um, to take that step to fully dedicate their lives to Jesus, what's very often holding us back, and I've talked about this before because this is what was holding me back, is that we have this image in our heads that life with God is boring. And I was like, where did this come from? Because it doesn't come from the Bible. It does not come from the word of God. If you've read the Bible, unless you're reading a whole different version than me, where is it boring? Which story screams boring to us? Is it Daniel in the lion's den? Is it Joseph starting his life off where it started and becoming the ruler over all of Egypt? Is it Jesus turning water into wine? Is it Jesus healing people left, right, and center? Which story proves that our God is boring? There's none. There are none. Every person that has gone before us that has fully dedicated their life over to God has had a life full of adventure, full of travels. They were traveling all the time, full of battles, full of victories, full of being exalted. They were exalted to be kings and queens. Esther, uh, Joseph was a ruler, Solomon. These were people who experienced adventure. They experienced abundance, abundance to the full. Life with our heavenly father, with our dad, with your dad is not boring. Where did we get this image from? I know that it's the enemy and I know that it's the voices of people of this world because to them, looking in, those things that are enslaving them, us stepping away from them, that's where that thing comes of like, oh, well, that must be boring if you can't go out, if you can't do these things. But they don't even know what they're talking about themselves. They don't even recognize the shackles of sin that they're in themselves. So who are we? Why are we listening to these people who don't even see their own state of brokenness? Life with our God is not boring. Life with your dad is not boring at all. 
that's like my biggest testimony. I lived my life out in the world and I got to a place where I was so broken and I'm, I was like, what is there to life? Surely this can't be it. And when I fully dedicated my life over to Jesus again, I got to see that these things that he calls us to lay down, these sinful things he calls us to lay down, set us free in ways that are beyond us. He's calling us out onto the waters of adventure. Our heavenly father, God created Every creature, he created our bodies. Do you know how crazy that is? Before I even make this move with my finger, my brain has already gotten the signal. Like, what? How is that boring? It screams adventure to me. And that's what God's heart is for you, to experience that adventure. I watched a video of the Magnified Collective a while ago. If you don't know, it's this beautiful platform where women are invited and they speak about life topics, things that they went through on their journey with God. And in one episode, there was a woman and she said that Jesus calls us to dance. He calls us out on the dance floor of life. This life with Jesus is a life full of dancing, full of laughter, full of joy, full of adventure. That's what he's calling you into. All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say yes. Yes, Jesus. Partner with me. I'm here. I'm willing. I'm receiving. And I just want to read to you Ephesians 3, 20 to 21 in the message translation. There it reads, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dream. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. That is God's heart for you, a heart of adventure. You are his precious son or daughter. He loves you beyond measure. He loves you so much. I cannot explain how I've been able to experience these things and how Jesus is constantly revealing himself more and more that this truly is his heart for us. To as his sons and daughters shine the light, the light of joy, the light of peace, the light of that lightness that he wants to lay upon us. Step under the fountain of his love. Say yes to your father who's eagerly waiting and watch, watch what he will do in your life. I know that you will never be the same if you're not quite there yet. And if you are on that journey with, with Jesus already, then be expectant, be expectant and be on the lookout because your dad, he's excited. Recently, I started to think about this image of when we say yes and when we step out into scary places like me leaving my job that was so difficult for me but as I thought about the heavenly realms I can just imagine Jesus tapping the angels on his shoulders and being like look look finally like I get to take her on this adventure like putting up his sleeves like let's go I'm ready I'm ready packing a little backpack I know this is <laughs> This is really silly, but this is such a childlike vision. We're called to keep that childlike faith and those childlike visions, those, those childlike images. One like this, Jesus, that's putting on his backpack, that's putting on his sleeves, that is tapping the angels on the shoulders of, look, I'm, I'm taking her now. She's ready. She said, yes, let's go. That's what, that's what Jesus wants for you, okay? So all of these things, these are God's heart for you. I truly pray that... This will get through to your heart that you will see the importance in them and that right now you can see my heart in telling you these things. These are the truth, the agenda that the world pushes.
that ain't the truth. That is not your portion in Jesus' mighty name. So again, I pray that this has been a blessing for you. I am so grateful to have you here. Thank you for tuning in this week. This has probably been a long one, but I feel like this was so important to say. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking your truth and your words and your wisdom through me, Lord. Thank you so much. Will you bless and be with every single person on the other side of this screen, Lord, that I pray in your mighty name, Jesus. So meditate on these things. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Call on him. Jesus is with you every step of the way. You are never alone. You are a part of this family. You're a part of the family of believers around the world. Jesus is beside you. You are not alone. Contradictory to what the world might make you believe, you are not alone. So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. It's been such a blessing to have you here. And I pray that you will have a blessed week coming up. And I'll be back again next week. Maybe this time that's what I get.